Welcome to Dragon Talk. I am Greg Tito, uh, and I'm here with... Shelly Mazanoble. And this is the... Eclipse Survivor. Eclipse Survivor uh, here. Uh, it's the Eclipse Survivor yeah, session yeah, yeah. of the official yes. Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Yep. Uh, you, in yes. podcast world, are going to be listening to this at a different time. Yeah, probably still talking about the Eclipse. Probably still talking about the Eclipse. There's a lot of things that happen during this Eclipse that uh, people won't know about until a few weeks when you're listening to this right now. So there's an Audrey 2 in uh, New York City right now Aww. that someone is is picking it up and buying it for very cheap, and then they're going to start feeding it little drops of blood. It's going to grow bigger and take over the world, yep. uh, starting in Peoria, I believe, if I remember the musical. Anywho. Impressive. We are going to talk more about Dungeons & Dragons stuff uh, because yes. there's a lot going on. Uh, D&D Beyond is out now. Do it. Go to dndbeyond.com. Make a character. Make a character. Make Shelly. Look something up. Greg the Barbarian. Gregarian. Gregarian. Gregarius the uh, the Barbarian. Do it. Make it happen. Yes, that's look all these dice. Yes, I want to get my hands on these dice too. Um, it's it's important. <laughs> uh, and there's also pronunciation guides on there, which I think are very that's cool. That's awesome. Because I learned how to say Sahuigan. Hmm. Uh, also, the PAX West live show is, uh, well, actually, by the time you listen to this, it'll be over. But e- if you uh, want to go check it out, it'll be here on this D Hero D&D uh, Twitch show. I do. Uh, it's on Checking September it 3rd, 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. Um, it's going to have Chris Perkins yeah. as the Dungeon Master, as he's wont to do, a costume made by Danny Hartel. <gasps> yeah. I can't wait to see that. Um, and also, there will be Holly Conrad. That's so exciting. I know. I That's can't like, wait. Why didn't we think of that before? Uh, yeah, and now we have. And she's, she's the best. It, There need to be a story reason, and I think Chris Perkins' uh, dungeon mastering both for the Waffle Crew and for Acquisitions Incorporated. Is it her Waffle Crew character? Yeah, it's Strix. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's, it's very cool. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, go check out uh, Acquisitions Incorporated. Uh, the website, I think that's .com. It must be .com. Um, they've got a really cool, fun uh, website that's all about like a '90s uh, themed website. That, so it's got like the, oh, yeah. the revolving gi- uh, uh, GIF, I guess, and then there's the Gliffy. It was like a making fun of Clippy. It's funny, is what I'm getting at. Go check that out. It's a podcast with uh, uh, Jim Dark Magic and uh, Patrick Rothfuss characters, Viari. So is he back too? Yeah, he's back too. Very cool. Um, uh, yeah, so go do that. And if you haven't checked out the amazing uh, uh, show, that'll be happening on September 3rd. Uh, also coming is uh, Dragon Plus in the... Do you know what I'm talking about? The Dragon like Plus show? Really good. Oh, yeah. That Bart Carroll gonna... is going to be doing uh, tomorrow. It's going to be doing Tuesdays uh, while Dice Camera Action is on a little bit of a hiatus. Cool. Uh, Mr. Bart Carroll is going to be hosting a show uh, in that same time slot. So 4 p.m. I'll still do D&D News at 3.30 p.m. tomorrow um, on Tuesdays. And then we'll throw it to Bart. And I think he's talking to Adam Lee uh, oh. about Grung Lung. Uh, Grung Lung. The, uh, the town uh, settlement in Chult uh, that is populated by Grung. And uh, we might have seen that uh, Grung uh, adventure in uh, Stream of Annihilation that Chris Lindsay uh, ran on oh, a Trix. Okay. Um, and so there'll be some some uh, stuff about that. And then, hey, you know what? We might actually be doing a weekly show of Grung playing together on this year channel. Really? This fall. Yeah, we're doing it. Chris Lindsay's going to do it. Uh, have a bunch of people call in. Dice camera action style. Should be pretty fun. We'll have more details oh, on exactly cool. when that will be. Dung Grung Lung. Yes. Is, does everybody just get a show? You want a show? I mean, we got a show right here. You can get a show. 
You have your own show. Ryan's too. got a show. Sean's got a show. He's pointing out there. He's going to be playing uh, mm. uh, Dungeons and Dragons, but also Axis and Allies at the same time. What? We'll make it happen. We I can know. do that. Lapad does rule. That's right, Fargonaut. Uh, I love uh, Sig Neutron's Lapad. He's like a French uh, uh, grung. It's, quite, it's, it's, it's good stuff. That's a good one. It's good stuff. Uh, and no, that's in the cool. Maze Arcana. Uh, oh. Tuesday nights, I believe, or maybe it's Wednesday. No, no, no I think it's Wednesday nights because that's when uh, Rudy does it. Uh, so if you want, you want to know what we're talking about, uh, Wednesday nights, 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, uh, Lapad is an awesome character. He's playing a grung. It's good stuff. Um, also going out in the Dungeons and Dragons world, Force Grade Lost City of Omu uh, is in uh, reaching its fifth, six episodes now at this point. It's Mondays, 5 p.m. right after this show. Mm-hmm. We're going to throw it right to a new episode of Force Grey, Lost City of Omu. And that stars Joe Manganello, Deborah Ann Wall, Dylan Sprouse, Utkarsh and Budkar, and Brian Bazane. It's great. Uh, so many amazing uh, performers That's pretty impressive. playing together, and uh, they're fun. I really do like those guys. Have you seen uh, all those episodes, Shelly? I'm going to grill you. There's yep. a pop quiz coming later. Every one of them. Yeah, every single one of them, because Bart's been watching all of those yes. <laughs> to make sure that they oh. are on the up and up. Yes. Up and up. Yep. Um, Good stuff. Yes, exactly. It is. Uh, also, Twitch subscriptions are live now. Speaking of which, yes. if you're seeing any fun uh, uh, emotes pop up or in the chat uh, here on the Twitch channel, uh, you can subscribe for five bucks uh, a month and get all those things. No ads. Anything you want uh, is yours. <laughs> Wait, that's not true. Oh, Watsy Ak- <laughs> Sean. Yeah, that's me. You know who that is. I support that. Axes and Dragons. Axes and Dragons. But there's a new issue of Dragon Plus coming soon. Isn't That's there? true. Yeah, this and yeah, it's right. a very special issue because you're in it. Is that why it's special? Well, how did you get that? Because you have a game that is awesome. It's this. Well, can we say what the issue is? Sure. About? Yeah. Why not? I don't know. I Do don't it. know if it's like. This is the perfect time to talk about it's it. It's the special board game issue. Board game board issue. Board game issue. And I wrote the welcome letter. You did? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And I have a new photo in there. <gasps> we did a little photo shoot in everything. Wow. Was it actually in this room? Did you take the photo in this yes. room? Yes. That's amazing. And here's the funny thing. What's the funny thing? Bart is the editor. So mm-hmm. the photographer and I took a picture, all the, tons of pictures, and then there's one <laughs> that came out like this. Here, this is me. <laughs> Everybody, knew, she was just testing. I wasn't ready for the photo. Yeah. And I said, send that one to Bart. Like, don't crop it. Don't do anything. Send that to him and be like, here's our pick for the issue. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. He goes, this is great. I love it. Thanks. Do you have a high-res version? Like, he didn't even look at it. I know. <laughs> he said he thought it was a good picture. <laughs> Not a good picture. Wait, what was the face again? Do the face to me. <laughs> I mean, that says board games to me. I don't know. Board. <laughs> board Emphasis games. on the board. B-O-R-E-D. Yeah, exactly. By the way, did you notice I straightened up? I'm having better posture now after... We're picking each other up. It's happening. I. You might have to adjust my microphone. Is that my okay now? You're, you're, you're good. I am going to be 100% All I know better that- posture and less drunk-seeming. As per the comments, because <laughs> I read them. Because we're now we're reading them. Because thank we you, read Danny. Them. Thank you. We try, but we really don't know what the heck we're doing. Anywho, uh, Danny. We, yeah, Dragon, Danny's here. Yeah, she is. 
Hi, Danny. Hi, guys. I was just geeking out about her making Chris's costume, and now I'm nervous. And now she's really here. Um, so Dragon Plus, if you guys don't know what that is, it's an app that you can get on your uh, iOS device or Android device or on the web at dragonmag.com. It's everywhere. Yeah, and every two months we do a new issue. It's chock full of fun things that are happening uh, as well as deep dives into story or board games or um, Neverwinter, for example. Uh, and uh, Cats. Uh, cats. Yeah, I so suggest you get it. And also, issue? there's a cool feature, and I don't think anybody knows about this, but you can, it's like, it, it collates all of the uh, Dungeons & Dragons uh, social stuff. So it's things on Facebook, things on Twitter, everything like that. It happens right on the front of the uh, Dragon Plus app, and uh, it's like a one-stop shop Always for all the it. things. That's all the news that's coming up there. That's the best place to do it, Dragon Plus. So I suggest get it you now. check that out. And get then, it now, because in December, you might get a bonus something. Oh... Uh, what, what? That I had something to do with. All right. You are like dropping hints left and right. There are things. Hint. It's a tile, isn't it? It's the eclipse. It's making is me it, do crazy is it, things. Is it a loot card? Or is it a, a, a an omen? No. Oh, man. I got so many guesses. Is it a miniature? No. Is it a giant? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hamster. It's a hamster. It's I knew it. Speaking of hamsters, oh, my God. There's so many things to talk about. Minskin but the fifth. Boo. Uh, 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 I don't know if you guys can see this very well or not, but uh, the fifth issue of the Frost Giants Fury uh, miniseries of comics by Jim Zub uh, is out now. I like that you have show and tell. Yeah, that's a giant uh, miniature space hamster. That's Boo. Boo! Yes, and Minsk, uh, who have been characters that Jim has been using throughout all of the Dungeons & Dragons comics that he's been doing this for with us uh, uh, at IDW. Um, it's amazing. I haven't cracked this one yet. I just got it on my desk today, but I thought that was an awesome piece of art. And uh, the fact that Boo is actually a giant miniature. Yeah. He's, not, he's, not a, he's not a miniature giant space hammer in he's this one. He's a giant. Yes, thank you, Axis of Anarchy, putting the boos in oh, the chat. Oh, I, I didn't know he was one of your... Yeah, how could you not have Boo be one of the guys? I didn't know, that's so awesome. So go check this out. Uh, it's a really fun story, really good artwork. I love the artists that they, they hired for this series. Uh, it's really good stuff, and it's very purpley, which I think is, is one, of my, one of my favorite parts. <laughs> if you like Minsk and Boo, you're going to like Betrayal at Baldur's Gate. Exactly, and they're going through uh, uh, kind of the Storm King's Thunder uh, storyline. So, yes, it's a year late, but it doesn't matter because it's still good storytelling, and it's D&D, so you can't go wrong. Late. Well, I mean, because Storm King's Thunder came out like a year ago. No, it didn't. Yeah. Is it that did. true? Yeah. It came out September 20. Uh, I would have said April. 16. Are you serious? I feel like we were just doing that. It was Tales from the Awning Portal, and then yeah. now this. I know, right? Time flies. Crazy. Now Crazy. we're all in Tomb of Annihilation crazy mode. Speaking of which, and speaking of Neverwinter, uh, Tomb of Annihilation is out now on PC, and it will be out on Xbox One and PS4 on September 12th. That's coming up very soon. You'll get all of the uh, fun content that's happening in Chult. Uh, Chris Perkins is voicing a character. He's Volothap Gedarn. Awesome. Uh, he sends you out on monster hunts in, in, in Chult. It's pretty darn cool. Uh, I suggest you I'd check go. it out on PC. Uh, Neverwinter is a free-to-play MMO, kind of action-y. You got in the thick of it. Um, and it follows through all the storylines that we've done through 5th edition D&D so far. So Tyranny of Dragons... Elemental Evil, Out of the, Out of the Abyss was that, in there, too. Oh, I I've always liked that one. I like that one, too, because I ran it. I did Zuggy. it a whole... Yeah, and Zuggy was pretty... Zuggy. She was cute. She yeah. really... I think she, she liked a, me. Really? Yeah, I think she did. She had her eyes on someone else. Oh, who? She got married. To uh, a, like... Blobby Blob. Blobby Blob guy. <laughs> you know. Everyone's got a type, Greg. It's true. Yeah. There's a lid for every pot. Yeah. Uh, they say Aaron says that she's a chubby chaser because she likes me. <laughs> 
So maybe I fit that bill. Ah! Maybe I fit that bill. I'm sorry. I'm Who fell through my deck? Oh, snap. <laughs> Damn, I'm so glad she doesn't watch Twitch. Uh, <laughs> all right. I think that's all the announcements we got going on for you right now. I'm going to be at HasCon uh, uh, September you better, 8th through you the 10th. get me some dice. I will get you so much dice. Uh, there's My Little Pony exclusive dice you can only get at HasCon. I'll be there. Uh, come say hi in Providence, Rhode Island, and uh, I'll get you some dice. I think it'll be a thing that'll happen. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go on with uh, some Lori Should Know or some sage advice. I'm not sure which one it's going to be. Roll but the there dice. Is, there's going to be bongs, and there might be some bings. Oh, you're back. And it's happening. Okay. It's happening right about now. Do you hear it? Welcome to another Lore You Should Know segment. I am Greg Tito, and I'm joined uh, by Lore Masters, Mr. Chris Perkins. Hi there. And Matt Cernet. Hello. And we are going to talk about a uh, adventure that was a uh, inspiration for Tomb of Annihilation. Uh, uh, we, we talked a lot about Tomb of Horrors, and of course that the was villain. The major ex- major uh, inspiration, but ex- of secondary uh, inspiration was Dwellers of the Forbidden City, oh. uh, an old AD and D adventure, Module I One by David Cook, who um, also was the uh, lead designer for Second Edition, and also the lead designer of Planescape. And he had the nickname Zeb. 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 Yes. I remember seeing that uh, uh, on covers uh, um, in many a day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so he was the the creator of of, of this uh, adventure. Did he yes. have any any direction for it, or was this more like a, a the, I, so, he was playing this and then decided to, to um, write it up? I don't know specifically what direction he was given because I wasn't around. But I do I know like that in that, that <laughs> in that era, also a tournament adventure. Oh, was it? Okay. In, in, yeah, it had. Um, uh, pre-gens at the back. Oh, okay. Um, but in that era, a lot of those early adventures were trying to basically carve out a dungeon niche. Like, for instance, Tomb of Horrors was the first death trap dungeon. Mm. Uh, Pharaoh was the first desert pyramid adventure. Sinister Secret of Saltmarsh was the first haunted house adventure. In a similar vein, Dwellers of the Forbidden City was the first jungle lost city adventure and so it kind of broke new ground by showing us a D location for adventure that we had never seen up to that point got it, got it. yeah it broke new ground in a lot of different ways so it's the first place that we see aboliths and uh yonti and um what else yellow tasloy tasloy yellow musk creepers yellow musk creepers and mongrel folk or mongrel yes. men Interesting. So that's where that all yeah. came from. Those are ones that, like, I, you know, uh, very iconic monsters. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yuanti in particular. Um, when we knew that we wanted Yuanti to be major villains in Tomb of Annihilation, the first thing I did was dug out a copy of this adventure. And then, when I saw, when I was reminded of the map on the inside folder of the adventure that showed the Forbidden City, mm. which didn't have a name, it was just the Forbidden City. Right. Um, it showed this city that was basically sunken into a crater-like. Um, rift with cliffs all around it and um, I decided to pay homage to that with the city of Omu by having it look similar interesting very cool but it was was it uh, set in Greyhawk or was it more of like a it was general setting placed in Greyhawk yeah. um, and uh, I think uh, that was the Scarlet Brotherhood um, the Amelia product. jungle yeah and it was it, that 
named it something like Zulu-li-ti-o-i don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> sort of Aztec, South American. And, yeah, right. and so uh, that's, um, it was put there later, and it was in part of the, the a part of the, a continent that's not the main continent of Greyhawk. It's like, uh, oh, I'm going to have to look for it, um, like Hipponaland or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Hetmanaland and in the Amidio jungle Got yes. it. is where it's where it was finally situated in Greyhawk. But at the time it was written, like a lot of those early AD&D adventures uh, that were made for tournament use, they, mm-hmm. they didn't quite nail down in any detail where it was supposed to be located because the idea was the DM could just drop it anywhere. Right, mm-hmm. it was an easy placement and yeah. you just, oh, there could be hints placed in whatever hooks you wanted it to be. Yeah, and, and I think the adventure starts out with basically, you know, you're just traveling around and, and you, you meet some people who've been robbed and, uh, and you know, they're, they're, they've, their merchants has been robbed and they've been, their stuff has been taken and so it's sort of like, well, you can go on a treasure hunt for the stuff that's been stolen from these other people, um, <laughs> and go and get it, and you end up sort of getting embroiled in this, this yeah. strange city. Uh, the other one of the, my favorite creatures uh, appears in the adventure, and that's bullywugs. Oh, was that the first time so, bullywugs showed that up? Was too? The first time they showed up in, a, in, an, in an AD&D in the, adventure. Adventure, you, but I don't yes. think it, not. They showed up in the the manual. Yeah, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, they were, I believe, fiendfolio creatures, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. And so that was the first place where you got to actually fight them, really. Mm-hmm. And there was a big, there were a bunch of them on the cover. So it had it had Bullywugs on the front cover and Yuwanti on the back cover. Interesting. So th- then uh, uh, what, how did the actual content of the adventure like progress? Is it similar to? So it, like many of the early adventures, it was very, very uh, built around the idea of a location. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some contrivance that gets you to location, and the whole adventure is basically exploring this dungeon environment. Right. And it starts off with you actually kind of get entering the city through an underground tunnel route. And it's a sort of a linear arrangement of tunnels and chambers that you follow and have to survive. And there's miscellaneous creatures that you meet inside there. And then finally that tunnel breaks out into the city. And then there's this period where you're just kind of running around exploring the city. Mm-hmm. And there are all these factions set up in corners of the city. Like the Bullywugs live in this corner and the Iwanti live in this corner and the Tazaloi live in that corner. And everybody's sort of compartmentalized. But you're just kind of running around the city and fighting crap. Um, and like a lot of old adventures, it was pretty straightforward. You see a monster, you fight and kill it, you get its treasure, you move on. Blah, 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 blah. Was there uh, uh, relationships between these these monsters, factions? Uh, there was, yeah, there was the idea that they were kind of, they weren't united, that they were squabbling and fighting for control of the mm-hmm. city. Uh, not a great deal of ink was spilled necessarily on resolving that because uh, back then it was sort of incumbent upon the DM to take a look at what's presented before you and then make something out of it. Got it. So uh, I, when I ran the adventure the first time, actually didn't know what I was doing. Um, I played it backward for some reason. Hmm. Um, set them in the city? I set them. I started them at the exit and had them move backward through the adventure. Because you thought that would be cool? Well, th- when you read the module, it's a little confusing because it yes. says there's there's two ways to get into the city. And it goes on to describe um, both, both ways. Mm. But it makes it sound like the underground route is... The main yeah. route, when it's there's actually just sort of like a way on the surface that you get in, and it's it's so it's yeah, it's, yeah, got it. 
But then, you know, because human minds create stories from things where they don't necessarily have a storyline, yeah. you can do it, and then whatever your players yeah. end up doing, I'm sure. I right? was always very intimidated by the time they got, as a DM, when I, we got through the city, because I didn't, it was so open-ended, the characters could literally go anywhere, yeah. that I didn't know how things would play out and couldn't predict how things would play out or how different monsters would inter- interact and stuff, but mm. uh, there is a lot of content packed into those 28-odd pages. Um, so the Yuan T made their made their debut in this in this thing. Uh, did it set the tone and or stories that then other writers touched on? Um, certainly, I think the Yuan T were pretty much solidified in that adventure, and mm. they haven't changed much since uh, the concept that there are different variety, different breeds mm-hmm. uh, with different degrees of serpentude. Serpentness to them, and <laughs> I was uh, to I like I like serpentude. <laughs> serpentude. <laughs> uh, so and and the kind of um, that dude's got serpentude. Uh, uh, this Edgar Rice Burroughs Conan esque kind of feel to them, I mm. think, was neatly preserved. Um, There's an illustration of the auntie in in this book, and, and it's on DM's Guild if you would, people okay. want to check it out. Uh, and uh, there is a female Yuanti who is in, of course, a weird thing but the head is hilarious because it's it's a giant snake head that's smiling and has eyelashes and the <laughs> eyelashes enormous 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 eyelashes they emphasize that it is female oh my gosh yes. yeah it's a pretty hilarious yeah. illustration it's like Ms. Pac-Man yeah and so if you want to fight lots of reptilian creatures and amphibian creatures in the jungle this adventure is for you uh, it, like I said it's not the easiest adventure for a new DM to run but it, it's it deserves the classic name is that where they also i mean did the the, the concept of uh, of becoming a becoming a yuanti or like changing going up the different breeds was that in that there wasn't as well an option mm-hmm. at no. that point that came later okay yeah uh aboleths pretty much as they appear here is how they have survived we've added some extra padding to the lore around them the yeah. idea that they're essentially these immortal archives of lore is is kind of new but the look of them Mm. was pretty much established from the very right. beginning. And, was that the, and the powers and all that kind of yeah. thing and stuff like that. So like the, as you encounter in the adventure, uh, basically your, your player characters are wandering down the pathway of, of this cavern beside a river. And um, the, uh, the Abolithus has made this uh, illusion that the pathway moves in towards the river and kind of goes ar- around it. When actually that's all illusion. The river is just still going straight through. Mm. And so... You, your characters can kind of just walk into the water <laughs> without <Like>, realizing. <laughs> and there's the evolved, you know, and it, it's got its mucus and it can suffocate you and do all the, you know, enslave you and do all the things yeah. that evolved can do. And stuff Suffocating like an aboleth mucus is kind of a terrible way to go, but Ugh. Yeah. 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 That's, that's when I ever have my sinus infections, that's what I feel like I'm mm-hmm. going to invoke them on yeah. other people. Uh, interesting. All right. So, uh, uh, what other parts of this did you use other than uh, uh, that kind of lost continent feel uh, when you were uh, putting together the story for Tomb of Annihilation? Um, well, I definitely, definitely um, uh, used the Uanti. I thought about using actually putting bully bugs in the adventure, but then we had Gripley mm-hmm. uh, appearing in uh, uh, Volo's Guide to Monsters. So. And the idea of poisonous tree frogs, I thought, were a little bit cuter and funnier. In the jungle, yeah. yeah. You just got to go for that. Yeah, so uh, we went with Gripply instead of Bullywugs. So sorry, Bullywugs. Uh, the other race that uh, I tried to squeeze into Tomb of Annihilation was the Tazloi, 
but Chult already had Batiri goblins, mm. and Tazloy is just basically another small race of miscreants, and we didn't need both. Yeah, the, the, throughout the lore of the game, they've really be, not been very distinguishable from other sort of goblin races, besides the fact the that they, they trees, sort of basically. breakate in the trees, and yeah. that's about it. Although I do see in this, uh, in, in again, in the adventure, there's a half-page illustration of the Tazloy a, a riding Tazloy a giant <laughs> wasp. <laughs> <laughs> That's the illustration that made me cry when I decided that we weren't going to include Tazloy Aww. because what would be cooler than being attacked by Tazloy on giant wasps? Yeah, oh my gosh. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. I, I guess we could have put goblins on giant wasps. Yeah, but Tyrion goblins. There's no reason why they can't be on yeah. giant wasps, right? They're, they're, I, I dare any DM now to go off and create a Batiri tribe of, go of giant wasp riders. Do it. Make it happen. That's Make it what, happen. That's what these Lore You Should Know segments are all about. Give exactly. Like little ideas about that. Yes. that, you can that was a fabulous game. illustration. Yeah. I love that illustration. Very cool. Uh, all right. Well, great. And you can check that out on DMs Guild, uh, yep. as Matt uh, confirmed just now. Uh, so if you're interested, uh, what was the, the title one more time? Just Dwellers of the Forbidden City, nice. module I-1. I-I. I-I. <laughs> yes. And you know where they got the name I or the how they settle on I and then the number. Because no. you know those codes weren't always random. They actually made a little bit, because I-6 was, was Ravenloft, Ravenloft, correct? yes. So I stood for intermediate. That oh. these were intermediate level adventures. Got it. All right, that makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. So not levels one to three. They were sort of in the four to seven range. Got it. As opposed to E for expert. Or easy? Oh, no. <laughs> <I'm> so confused. <laughs> they used X for expert. Ah, oh. uh, see, X means yeah. something different in my mind. But uh, if people wanted to uh, reach out to you, uh, Chris, for for more ideas of uh, of ways to get uh, uh, something from from I one uh, in in their game, how can they do so? They can reach me on Twitter at Chris Perkins D and D. That's D and D. It. You made that had like a question. You're like D and D. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Uh, at Cernet, S-E-R-N-E-T-T. -T. Nice. Uh, all right, great. Thank you guys so much uh, uh, for, for, for yes. educating uh, uh, Dungeon Masters on some fun lore, and uh, we'll be back with some more later on. Theater majors. We're theater kids. And we know how to act. That We're hearing the bells. Watch. This is me hearing them. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> What was your motivation there? Were you thinking about the bells? I went back and to that, that to very you? first time that I saw Bon Jovi on MTV. Because <laughs> he had bells? No. Was he bringing it was them? just like... Oh, you were going into that like... Yes. That, that, that tween excitement. Yes. 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 Understood. Hi. Hi, everyone. We uh, are not going to sing Bon Jovi lyrics. Instead, we're going to call Lisa Chen. Does that sound like a plan? Oh, but first we got to do our, our mid-tro. Thank you, Ryan. Oh, right. God, you didn't even say it, but I had to think about it. All right, but you were I was channeling you. I understand. Um, so that was a really good uh, uh, a bit of lore that we just heard, wasn't it? I, yes. Yeah, acting. Come on. Well, yeah, why didn't that was the sage advice? Well, it could have been sage advice. But it was so good. Did you hear Jeremy and what he was saying about that rule? Yes. That's the way I've always played it. And thank goodness he clarified that. I know, right? I, I mean, I get asked all the time. Exactly. Yep. I understand, yep. oh, but I'm glad that he's there to, to sort things out. Yes. Yeah, he's I'm just picking his brain. Super sagey. Super sagey. Super sagey. Parsley, sage, huh? rosemary, and time to call Lisa Chen. <laughs> that was so oh my God. good. That's that like was the best so segue good. ever. <laughs> I lift you up. I don't know. <laughs>
Hello. How's it going, Lisa? It is going well. I, too, survived the solar eclipse. Awesome. Oh my I'm gosh. so glad. I was worried that you were going to be uh, destroyed, uh, so I'm glad. Yeah, I, I watched it um, in my selfie camera, which felt very Ooh, of the times. I didn't think you were supposed um, to do that. And the sun itself just looked like a big ball of light, as right. you do when you're the sun. But it reflected a teeny-weeny crescent-shaped eclipse on my nose. So I watched the eclipse on my nose. Yeah, it was the, the shadows were really cool. That part I liked. Yeah. The rest of it, I don't know. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't live it up to your expectations? It up, and I kind of wanted it to be darker. Yeah, it didn't get very dark up here in no. Seattle. Uh, so where it is cloudy here too. Where where are you uh, based, Lisa? I am in New Jersey. <sighs> Sunny New Jersey. Hmm. Yeah. Where northern New Jersey or, or or down by Philly? Um, more northern New Jersey. We're kind of like the northern part of Central. Got it. All right. Mm-hmm. So we, like, we know those parts. I know those parts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah all those. Yeah. <laughs> I would drive across that to go to Pennsylvania, the Allentown area. I would go to the beach. In Jersey. Oh, yeah, the Jersey Shore. Yeah, Jersey Shore. Nice. Yeah. Uh, So, Lisa, we are talking to you because you are uh, one of the DMs Guild Adepts on the Guild Adept program. Oh, fancy. That's super exciting. Uh, Do you, I mean, for for everybody here at home, uh, I think we had Chris Lindsay on to explain it, but just in case people missed it, can you give us... uh, the, what, what did Chris tell you? Yeah, what did Chris tell you <laughs> the Guild Adept program was? We know what he told us, but what did he tell you? Um, so the Guild Adept program is a group of select amazing content writers who have done a million different things, and me. Um, <laughs> and uh, we've been uh, called out by Chris Lindsay uh, to write some content uh, to go alongside the release of Tomb of Annihilation. Nice. Uh, and as yeah. and as Chris called it, he called it like first day DLC. It's like getting stuff that's not in the adventure, but is stuff that you can get that's ancillary that uh, 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 might get your creative muscles going a little bit different directions. Yeah, a bunch of cool like kind of like expansion packs. That's yeah. awesome. Nice. So now, are you working with the other writers to come up with your stories? I'm assuming you guys have. Contact. Yeah, we're all we all have our own sort of um, pet projects. I am also collaborating with a lot of the writers on some like little short encounters um, so that we all kind of have a project that we're working on together. Uh, but my baby is uh, an adventure all around like one particular ruin in Schult. Ooh, cool. Can you tell us which one it is? Yeah, I mean, it's so I don't think it's a surprise that Yanti are playing a really big role in the upcoming book. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like a footnote in the book, a paragraph about this city uh, called Hisari. And all they say about it is that um, uh, this is where the Yanti used to be based. Uh, something happened. And now there is a spell that repels all the Yanti. Uh, and also it sunk into the earth. And that's all they said. So Ooh. I read that and my little cat ears perked up. <laughs> um, I was like, so that seems interesting. I wonder what happened there. Uh, so my adventure is kind of exploring what really went down at Hisari that made it, you know, just like sink into the earth uh, and repel all creatures that used to live there. That is super cool. So you got, did you just come up with this idea and then you float it past Chris or someone and say, this is the story I kind of want to tell. What do you think? Is that how it Um, happens? uh, Yes. uh, But also they've been, 
um, they've actually given us a lot of freedom um, to kind of take any sort of little uh, thread that we find in the hardcover uh, and to really explore it. I love that. Uh, yeah, the folks that they chose for the Guild Adept program, they really trust. Um, that's why they called them out. Uh, so it's been like really cool that we're, we just they're just like, go, uh, and we get to write. I love that you just took like a, a quick paragraph and were like, I'm going to make an entire thing out yeah. of just this one little inspiration. I mean, that's like D&D 2AT. You, yeah, you're creating history. Yeah. I love it. It's good stuff. Oh, yeah, super exciting. So, uh, well, w- one thing we always like to, to delve deep into yeah. is how did you start playing Dungeons and Dragons? What was your, your origin story? What was, did you have a, uh, a, a good experience that propelled you into it, or have you always been like a writer and adventure teller? Oh, my goodness. So, um, so Dungeons and Dragons like, basically saved my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, a good experience. We had a slow play out there, right? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I had known of Dungeons and Dragons when I was in high school and mm-hmm. really wanted to play it. Uh, but at the time it had seemed really complicated and really intimidating and I didn't know anyone who played and the Wikipedia article like really freaked me out. <laughs> um, so what did, the, what did the Wikipedia article say about there like so many rules oh. uh, coming from someone who, I don't know, I played like shoots and ladders, um, <laughs> like right. those sorts of board games. It seemed, it just seemed really, really complex, um, to not have someone showing it to you. So I kind of like shelved it. And it wasn't until actually just two years ago, 2015, that I played D&D for the first time um, and rolled my first D20. Nice. And it was really because um, that spring I kind of had this complete quarter life crisis um, and my entire life went into flux um, and D&D kind of saved me after that. Nice. What oh, was... So you're not kidding. Yeah. You really did have a saving yeah. impact on you. Yeah. Um, I guess like up until that point, uh, I'd been really, really good at adulting. Um, I, uh, I had graduated from a really good university. I'd spent five years climbing the corporate ladder um, and had really checked the boxes of like, I am technically successful. Um, but life didn't really feel like it wasn't fulfilling. I wasn't satisfied. I'd imagined mm. that life was going to feel much more like an adventure and reading and stories and writing had always been so important to me and I wasn't really doing any of that. Uh, so I quit my job and I started playing Dungeons and Dragons full time. Whoa. Whoa, nice. Wait, I want to do yeah. that. But you yeah. don't do that now? <laughs> <laughs> That's not Shelly's life right now. She's like, I'm going to quit what I'm, I'm gonna, doing. I'm going to quit playing Dungeons and Dragons and play. Oh, wait. Wait. No. That doesn't work no. that way. Okay. So you quit your job. Yeah, I was working in marketing and I quit and I was like, I'm going to take a year off. I'm going to kind of explore what I want to do. And um, I'm actually one of those critters who started playing D&D because she found Critical Role. Nice. And it was like, it reminded me that I'd always wanted to play. It made it seem so much more approachable. Um, And I was just like, well, I could really just use some fun. And I mean, I know other people have taken that same sort of leap of faith where they're not happy and they kind of uproot everything uh, and, you know, just jump into oblivion. Um, And, like, the first month, you're like, 
I could do anything. All the possibilities are open to me. I can conquer the world. And then you realize you're not like 20 and right out of college anymore. And you're like, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> I just ruined my life. I still feel um, that way now, though. That's the funny thing. <laughs> like, every morning. <laughs> you know, I have like a family and, you know, a job and all this stuff going on here, right? But I'm always being like, you know, if I didn't have any of those things, I would be doing stand up. I, I would be, you know, touring the country. I'd be doing all the, And then, like, I, my, my, this is just a random aside, but my family's been out of the town for the last, like, week or so. And I'm like, I want to do all those things. And what have I done? What have you done? I've played Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> In your underwear. In my underwear. Watched some some Game of Thrones, and that's about it. But, yeah. like, you know, and, and I was like, I, w- I didn't even have the thought of you of being like, oh, I'm not 20 years old anymore. I was more just like, yeah, I'm old. I'm done. I'm going to go to bed early. <laughs> I'm just going to go to bed early, exactly. <laughs> Get a jump on the day. <laughs> Uh, by going to bed. <laughs> that would be a dream. Uh, but that's awesome. So so you delved into uh, Dungeons & Dragons because you saw Matt Mercer and the crew uh, do, do their turn? Oh, my God, yes. I mean, it just looked like so much fun, and I was taking a year off, so why not just, like, pursue this, uh, like, random thing I'd been interested in at one point. So I uh, looked up on Meetup. Uh, places that were playing Dungeons and Dragons and found that my local comic book store, Wild Pig in Kenilworth, New Jersey. Woo, Wild um, Pig, Kenilworth, New yeah. Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Subtly put that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, they ran games like every weekend and during the week. Uh, so I um, psyched myself out of going a few times and then I finally went to a character creation uh, session um, and it just felt, I don't know, like so freeing to get to pretend to be this other person and to be with a group of people who are like men and women and kids in high school and people who've been playing D&D since first edition. And all anyone cares about is, um, well, what is your like, what are your features? What beat did you choose? And uh, how are you going to play this game? And they don't necessarily care about all the other stuff that I had going on in my life. Right. Um, and it was just really amazing. And so I was hooked. I fell hard and fast. Um, and I just was, I played in every game that I could at my local stores. What was that um, character? In, what was the character that you created that night? Um, it was uh, Freya Norling, human barbarian, um, wolf totem, so that people like me. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, she was a runaway with a magical axe. Um, and she joined, I think it was like a pirate campaign. So I joined a, a pirate group. Nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. You know, you are always going to remember that, that, that character now. Always remember your first one. It's true. Astrid. (laughs) And you've made many since I'm sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, my favorite though is probably, um, my one horned tiefling mercy, who is this sort of like OCD neat freak, wild magic sorceress. Oh, I like her. Oh, and that's, that's why your Twitter handle is, is, is Lisa Mercy, right? Yeah. Merciful DM. Merciful DM. Um, a lot of people know me as mercy. Some even call me mercy. Um, people who've played with me in adventurers league, that's the character I play the most. Um, now one horned. Yeah. So does that mean center yeah, unicorn horn, or is that one horn got knocked off? Uh, yeah, like a center unicorn horn. Oh. She was inspired because I found like this picture that this amazing artist did of like a humanoid, like last unicorn sort of deal, and I was like, that is really cool looking. That's my character. 
Do tiefling, are there tieflings that have one horn? No. You made that up. Does she have a, a story as to why she has one horn? Um, no story as to why she has one horn, but she is, um, rather than sort of like red skin, black horn sort of tiefling, she's all white, um, with white hair. Um, and that's Ooh. because, uh, she originated in, um, uh, in the Darkon domain of Ravenloft, where there is a religion called the Eternal Order that is constantly sacrificing people uh, because um, uh, they're trying to appease the dead and stave off the apocalypse. Uh, so she, as a baby, was tied to a lightning rod to be oh. sacrificed um, and got hit, survived, uh, so they named her Mercy, um, and uh, lost all of her coloring. <gasps> I like that a lot. You should be a writer. <laughs> you should write that down. That's amazing. Don't ever forget that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So I'm still really surprised that you've only been playing since 2015, did you say? Yeah, yeah 2015. It's like two years. And look at her. Look yeah, at her. I went to my first con in July 2016, DexCon in New Jersey. Oh, oh um, cool. And um, played Adventures League for the first time there and loved it so freaking much um, that I was like, this has to happen at my local comic book store. I have to be able to do this every oh, week. Um, and it started out with like, yeah, yeah, I'll help organize and I'll recruit dungeon masters because um, I don't DM. Um, and so, of course, it ended up like I ended up DMing when it started because <laughs> um, I couldn't find anyone else. Um, and so that started my DMing career. And I've been doing that every week since uh, October last year. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. Way to throw um, yourself in there. Yeah. I mean, it was everyone at the store is like really, really supportive. So they were like, oh, thank you. Like, finally, you're DMing. Um, <laughs> we knew uh, it was going to be a short journey for you to start DMing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then from there, uh, also at the con, I'd played my first epic, which is for those who don't play Adventures League who are listening, it's like a multi-table mass raid scenario where multiple tables of like as many as like hundreds of players are all playing the same thing and interacting. Um, and that was something that was happening at cons. Uh, and then I think it was January of this year. I was like, well, I kind of want that to happen at my local gaming store. I don't think anyone was, or not a lot of people were doing that. Um, so I sort of reached out to the Adventures League admins to ask if that is please something that I could make happen. Um, Bill Benham was really, really helpful um, and let me do that. And so I probably broke fire codes filling people into this tiny comic book store. Um, <laughs> had a big epic event. Um, and so I guess I'm mostly known for organizing events in New Jersey for Adventures League. That was the first one, though. So there was, I was on your website and I saw <laughs> there's a picture that of like a lot of people and then oh, yeah, you yeah. and standing in front of this group. Where was that? Um, that one is actually at uh, Gamers Vault, uh, which is down in South Jersey, really close to Philly. Um, and they do a lot of epics because they've got, that's actually a store, like a game that's store. That's a store? Yeah, half wow. of it is a game store, and then the other half is this humongous event space. Wow, yeah, it looked like a, like a con. Yeah, yeah, so they've got an amazing space there. The staff there is really good, and they have a few, like, local organizers there who organize a bunch of events and are, like, top-notch. Um, so that was really fun, but, like, I guess back to D&D &D saving my life, I would never have had the confidence to stand in front of that many people and even read box text. Um, and, uh, 
so it's it's really cool seeing how much D and D has changed the person that I am. That is uh, that cool. I'm do that right because there is a bit of like performance anxiety when you do you know dungeon mastering or everything whatever like oh, that yeah. but right you can uh uh get past some of that by just repetition right even by what you're saying you did it every week since last october like after a while you're like oh i know how to do this and you get comfortable with it right and that's that's part of what makes it work so yeah i i totally know where you're coming from where i would be paralyzed with fear standing up in front of those people but if you're like oh i'm doing something that i know yeah it's it's way easier yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I'm lucky that I've gotten to know a lot of the community here in New Jersey. Um, and uh, so it's almost like seeing family when I do these events. And oh, that's cool. Um, I, forget who, I was talking to someone recently about like my favorite parts of running epic events. And I actually really like um, setting up the tables. I imagine that's what like setting up wedding tables is like because I get to know like this particular player and they really like oh. role play. So they would like this DM and oh, they yeah. really get along with this pe- these people and like you could introduce new people. Um, I thought you actually really, meant really putting up the tables and like rolling them out and <laughs> setting up the oh, chairs. No. No. <laughs> 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 I, I, I certainly help with that too, but that's not my favorite part. <laughs> right, right. I was going to be like, that's an odd thing to be your favorite part, but all right, I can go with that. But yeah, like, sure. no, you're right. Like matching up the right people to yeah, the right that's group. Yeah, very important. You know, this person wants to tell this story, and this DM's really good at telling the oh, story. They're so very lucky to have you. That's a really, that's really cool for the players and the DMs. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm interested in just figuring out, like, you know, what you could say to people who may watch us here, may watch, you know, Dice Camera Action, or might watch uh, Critical Role, and have not yet taken that leap into playing, like. What, what advice would you give to someone who's 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 at that crossroads and may want to try Dungeons and Dragons but haven't you know hasn't yet taken that leap of faith? Oh my gosh, just do it! <laughs> <laughs> like stop listening right now and go do it. <laughs> stop <laughs> watching us right now. Pick Bye. up your PHB. Do it. I mean, I. Actually, I knew someone who only played games online because she was so terrified of going to her local store and meeting people. And um, I really loved my online games, but there's absolutely nothing like sitting down at a table um, with people and playing Dungeons and Dragons in person. Um, And I think the thing about Dungeons and Dragons, at least my local community, um, is that it tends to attract a lot of people who are misfits, people who maybe feel uncomfortable in their own skin for one reason or another. So if you feel that way, you're not going to be the only one. In fact, there's probably going to be a bunch of people who go out of their way to make sure you feel comfortable and make sure you stay because we just want more people to play uh, because then you could eventually DM and we need more DMs. We do need more DMs, yes. that's for sure. What about advice for those DMs? If somebody's thinking about being a DM, but they're maybe a little timid. Shelly Mazzanova. Asking for a friend. Shelly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you should try it. Um, my first DMing experience, um, I would thought, this is going to be so easy. I've played so many games. Bam, grab a level 20 homebrew adventure off the internet and do that. And it was awful. And I got halfway through, and um, I was like, mortified it was so stressful there were so many features someone played a druid the level 20 capstone is like just do whatever the heck you want um wait so you started uh, with the with the highest epic level adventure i thought like well my friends i'm playing with friends 
we never get to play level 20, so how hard can it be? Oh. Um, it was really, really hard, so I don't recommend doing that. After that experience, I was like, I'm never DMing again. Um, and uh, some time passed, and I went to some... Uh, I went to uh, some conventions where there were a lot of really great DMs, but then there were also some DMs that were just, you know, okay. Um, but I still had an amazing time um, because of the way the adventure was written or just because of the other people around the table. And so I thought, I mean, I could at least do that. Um, yeah. And that weirdly gave me the confidence to be able to try it again. Um, I would definitely try, like, if you're into Adventurers League, I really like the uh, intro adventures to each season. Um, they're usually like five mini adventures for like levels one through two. And then each one kind of builds on um, like the first one's a really basic encounter. And then the next one might incorporate a puzzle. And then this one has a combat, but there's like some sort of like trick to it. Mm -hmm. um, I really recommend those if you're like really, really nervous and want to try something easy. And those are like bite sized too. Like they're they're one to two hours at most. Um, oh, yeah. And you can embellish them, too. Like, that's what I like about it, too. It's like it's, it's not like they're just, um, you know, by the book. You have to do X, this step, this step, this step. Like, they're very uh, open-ended so that if you wanted to add more detail, you totally could. And that's a way to almost get your creative muscles under you at the same time. Well, not needing to if you wanted to just have a good, fun, uh, uh, short, you know, hour-long experience. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I agree with that for sure. And I think... Uh, that's much better advice than doing the dropping in. Let's do level twenty stuff because that's. I mean, I, that's hard for most people. I mean, even just, over with. just talking with Matt about how his character, Matt Mercer from from Critical Role, about how his characters are up to like sixteen, seventeen, eighteen level, and he's like, I've never actually gotten this far in a campaign. Oh. So like the skills that he has in dungeon mastering, you know, early yeah, stuff is totally different to from the ones you need at the end to be like, how can I make this this epic? So crawl yeah. before you walk a little bit. Oh, yeah, run. definitely. I think I told my other friend who um, DMs a lot that I was going to do that. And he just sort of raised his eyebrow and was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you be you. Well, that is also the thing, too, is like you have to you have to fail before you get better. You know, you have to have a few uh, fits and starts. So Shelly's experience when she was dungeon mastering, it's, it should be a step along the way. It's one. It's the first rung on the ladder. Then you got to get to the second rung. I already rung. had a first and a second rung. You had a second rung that went bad too. No, it wasn't as bad. You know, if, if they're new, they didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they don't know the rules, so I could. I felt a little more free. Yeah. And uh, I didn't. I just made stuff up. Well, that's what you do. Yeah. That's the skill. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what DMing is. Yeah. Make, mostly making stuff up. It's true. Yeah. yeah. How you, you want to recount? Are, I'm getting nervous. Do you want to recount your story about, again, though? Because like I, I feel like it's an important one. The bad it. one? Yeah. The really bad. Yeah. yeah. But then how you can then you persevere and you go on, move on. Well, I wanted to try. This is when I was writing a column for wizards. Yeah. Confessions of a full-time wizard, and I wanted to be a dungeon master and write about my experience, like how fun and easy and cool it would be. <laughs> and I think I took. Uh, a pre-existing adventure and then just kind of flavored it of my own. Yeah. And like they were saving puppies or something. The party was. But it was, I was playing with, I can't remember everyone who was playing. I think Chris Youngs was playing, maybe Bart, but people who were like very well skilled in D&D. Okay. I think like other R&D people. Uh-huh. Because honestly, I thought I was just going to nail it. Like everyone, all the DMs I've ever had have been very good. They'd make it look easy. Yeah. So I thought, well, how hard can this be? 
Uh, but I was also extremely prepared, or so I thought I w- was, but I was only prepared for one possible outcome. <laughs> and the minute that somebody took a left and I thought they would take a right, I was like, oh, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I, I don't, what dice do I roll? I mean, I was about to just flip the table and go home. Like it was home. awful. And I like, and I could tell, like, they were like, oh, this is really bad and they were just had no. like these little sad faces like we're sorry we we are like using our lunch to play with you and you're really ruining this for us not really but <laughs> it was like they did like they did look like they felt sorry for me and then that made me feel even worse and I was just like I can't ever do it again I'm never gonna do it again but I did because I think I still had to write an article about it <laughs> I still had the homework to I do still had stuff to do I had to turn something in and then I went into the second session with the same people without preparing. I was just like, I don't care. And it was so much easier because I just like, I don't know, open that door. I don't know. What's in it? Yeah. Yeah. And then I just kind of had a little more freedom and it was a little bit better, but that sucked. But then the, it still sucked. The second time I DM'd for women that were around the office that had never played before and wanted to. And I thought, okay, fine. This will be easier because they don't know anything but there's still a lot of pressure when they're new people i was feeling like this is their intro to D D. right i could ruin this for them <laughs> i could give them a very bad impression if they don't have fun they might not ever come back to D. so there was that i just added that pressure to myself but it was actually really fun and they did want to to keep playing it was oh. meant to just be a one-off game and they're like we should do this again and i think we did have like one or two other games and then it kind of fell off but that was they were fighting the Kardashians. I can get behind that. I remember I was like telling Mike Merles this or something, and he was like, "Wow, that is super cool." And I was like, "That is super cool." He knows who they are, and he thought I was talking about the Star Trek. Oh. <laughs> like, for like one brief second, Mike Merles and I both thought each other was really cool, <laughs> and then we were like, "Oh no, no, wrong, oh, wait, no, no, wrong group." The, the Kardashians. <laughs> Not the Kardashians. Like, hey, I was so surprised you knew that. I was like, I was so surprised you knew that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But it was fun. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe one day. Yeah. There is a lot of pressure. I, I had to teach my wife for an article that I was turning in. Really? Uh, I had a one experience where I was dungeon mastering for her and like three or four other people that were theatery people. So I thought they'd be good introductions yeah, for her. for sure. Um, and I feel like I screwed that up. Like I, that was Why? not as fun because of the same pressure. Like I thought I was. Uh, uh, it had to be. It had to be like one chance. This is my one chance to give it because my wife is not a, uh, a you know, Dungeons and Dragons player at all. Like she likes to play games. She does her Candy Crush and some other things, but she just doesn't like the. She's not as into the fandom of like fantasy that um, you know a lot of other people are, right? So I had to get past that part in her, and then I and then past all the other like gaming part of it. Um, yeah, so I put a lot of pressure on myself. And I think the answer to what we're coming here is don't put pressure on yourself. Don't even prepare. Don't even prepare. It's the best way to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so I mean. But you're a good DM now. You DM all the time. Yeah, and I think I wasn't, I wasn't as confident in my abilities back then. Do you prefer to DM for people who have experience with D&D or less experience? Um, either. You don't care. It doesn't really matter. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Lisa? Do you have a preference? 
Um, every week I sit down with a bunch of people who are DMs themselves, mm. uh, which I feel like comes with its whole own oh, yeah. uh, set of, of challenges uh, as a DM. Um, I like both. Uh, my normal table are uh, have played a lot of D&D, but my favorite thing is when a bunch of new people show up and yeah. you get yeah. to watch them start out like being like, is this the die that I roll? And being really, really shy. Um, and then like in a week or two, they're starting to role play and describe their kills. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that is the best. Um, Do you ever fudge the dice so that the new people kind of get like a something victorious and cool happens to them? Oh my God, you're asking me that question. I have people at, who sit at my table. Never. Chat. She has never done that. So I never, ever do that. Not for the people who are currently <laughs> the in The dice chat. rolls are sacred. I agree with that. I've cheated. <laughs> I have. None of the people who are in your Dungeon Master thing oh, are in the I chat. I DM'd so for my can, parents. Also you, for an article once. They had no the idea dice? what Dungeons and Dragons was. Like, could not, could not grasp. My dad kept going, where is the board? Where's the board? It's in your head, man. It's in your head. <laughs> that didn't clear it up for them? What? That didn't clear it up for them? Well, they, well, we actually had to play a game, and they were like, finally were starting to understand it. But I re- my mom wanted so badly to hit something, and she kept rolling really poorly. And I just pretended like one of my die rolls, like she, it was not as good as the roll that I rolled. And I was like, you got it. You did it. Great. You hit Aww. it. Yeah. Well, I wanted her to have a good experience. And then she's high-fiving. She's going all around. She's she like, I did, was. It, I did it. My dad was like, I don't like this side of her. <laughs> Why is she so aggressive? Oh, my gosh. Your dad's he, like, I don't want her to win. He was totally, he was such a pacifist. Like He was just like, why don't we just talk to these guys? And she's like, no, they have swords. I want to kill them all. <laughs> I love that. I love that you're getting into the psyche of your parents based on that. It was really weird. My dad was like, I'm just going to talk. That's all. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I I agree with you, Elisa, that we need more dungeon masters out there. So I'm so glad that, like, people are picking up the, uh, uh, you know, the player's handbook and getting into playing more. And then I'm hoping that people like you, like, make that transition early into, like, oh, you know, there's – this whole other world of, 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 of running games for people that is, is just as rewarding, if not more so. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's absolutely, like, you give a lot as a dungeon master and yeah. as an event organizer, but you get so much back. I've had so many people who have come up to me and said, like, thank you so much for running our weekly games, um, for organizing the events throughout the state. Like, I don't really feel like there's a place where I belong, um, oh. except for when I, I get to come in uh, to Adventurers League and play D&D, and that gives me confidence in other places in my life. Um, and that's certainly the experience I had with D&D, so yeah. that's good. that I gave that to someone else was really, really rewarding. Right, because it's almost like a, uh, I don't want to say like a, like a a fatherly or a motherly or like a parental kind of thing, but it does feel like that. It feels like you're 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 life coaching someone yeah. without life coaching someone as as a dungeon master, right? You know, one hundred percent. I mean, I call my dungeon master D and Dad. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to talk to my dad about this problem in my life, but I really want to find out what my D and Dad has to say. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. 
That is cool. And we talked to, you know, uh, uh, Adam and Adam from the Wheelhouse Workshop about yes. how much they use that to, to work on social skills and yeah, things like that. And so it's true. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 so crazy how it has gone from uh, my mom thinking it was an antisocial thing to it being, you know, part of a, a, you know, how to bone up on your social skills so you have friends. Right. I know. Yeah. It was always the weird thing, that the stereotype that people are like, well, you play D&D, you must not have any friends. And you're like, no, it's but all about you having have friends. have friends, <laughs> dummy. Right? How many more people have you met, Lisa, uh, uh, that you would never have met if you didn't start playing? Um, I actually uh, met my boyfriend of two years, uh, who I now live with. Uh, he's one of my early dungeon masters. Um, so he's really not the one you called my D&D. life there, but also many now are definitely going to be lifelong friends. Um, who I've met. That's awesome. He, he's not the one you call D and Dad, though, right? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> not that that'd be Ew. a bad thing. I just want to make sure. <laughs> to each their own. Yeah, exactly. But we got to go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Uh, but no, but I love that. I love that, like, you know, people who uh, were uh, kids. I mean, it's that Stranger Things idea. Like, oh, the, the kids, they have the super bond, and then they're going to have that bond, you know, forever yeah, going forward. they do. It's it's nuts. And and I then, mean, it can be like random people you wouldn't meet otherwise. Um, like I've met like people who are much older than me, much younger than me. One of my favorite D and D folks is like um, this kid who's in high school, but so so mature, and he's just like just one of the adventurers um, in yeah. our group. Uh, yeah. So do you have a, uh, uh, a thing that you gravitate towards when you're playing? Like, you know, uh, as a dungeon master, or is, there, is there stories that you like to tell? Or are those some of the ones you're delving into for uh, what you're making for, for the Gilded Dead program? Um, I definitely really like adventures uh, that have murder mysteries in them. Mm, oh, yeah. So some of my favorite Adventures League adventures have been like The Artifact, Cloaks and Shadows, um, things that have an element of mystery that you're slowly unraveling. Um, now that I, I don't think I did it on purpose, but now that I'm s- saying this out loud, I'm realizing there's definitely lots of elements in that in my Hisari project. Ooh, cool. Um, yeah. Have you ever done any of those uh, murder mystery places that you go to? Um, I've not like gone to a place, but before I played D&D, I really, really, I throw a really good murder mystery party. Oh, oh really? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like I uh, like com- hadn't really played any other role playing games or LARPs or anything, um, but I really like murder mysteries where you ahead of time send everyone their personas, uh, and then they have like a list of clues that they know, uh, and people like come in all dressed up, uh, and you just like chat like a cocktail party um, and uh, halfway through someone dies um, and in talking to everybody in character, uh, you kind of unravel what actually happened. Yeah. Uh, super fun. I want to do that. I, I have been, I, I had never actually done one of those, but I've heard of them mm-hmm. uh, and, and I've wanted to do them for a long time, but i surprised I've been, you haven't. I've been fascinated with the idea of melding the two, like having a D and D murder mystery dinner party happening at the same time so like it's not it wasn't just the social aspect although that's a big part of it but everybody like the personas that you're talking about are you know bob labard and you know uh they're all like D D characters and that it transitioned somehow from the 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 upfront you know everybody standing and and having a party to then ending up at the table and and playing a D session that isn't still in character do it right yes does that uh, sound fun that yep. so cool 
Yeah. I want a seat at that table. Nice. I might. You're need... actually going to plan the event. That's what you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're actually going to. You're actually going to organize. You'll it. be there. <laughs> we need you to. <laughs> I need you to plan that event. <laughs> How do we do this? <laughs> <laughs> Dinners and dragons, as uh, as James Hake says in the in the oh, chat. Yeah. Good one. I know because the, it combines so many of the fun things I love about Dungeons and Dragons. Like I love non-combat resolution. I love stuff that like, you know, you figure out something that's happening that doesn't have to do with. Uh, with, with rolling a die necessarily, you know? Yep. And uh, combining that, though, like if you could use skills in a murder mystery thing, like you how cool would that this. be? Get on this. Yeah. I like it. This needs to happen now. Yep. Well, it may just happen in about a year. <laughs> in, the, in, in the New York area. Just, I'm totally, uh, I'm pulling a Nathan Stewart and saying it might just happen. Uh, and now, Lisa, I'm going to have to talk to you after, after we record this. Oh, hooray! <laughs> I know what you're talking because about. Because it's amaze balls, and it's going to be even cooler when it when it happens for real. Because maybe it'll be even on a stream on this year's channel. Just throwing that out there. Sounds good. It might be a thing. All right. <laughs> nice. And I feel like that's the kind of stuff too that would make it more uh, uh, explainable to people like your parents. You know, to people who don't know what Dungeons and Dragons is yet. You know, and like yeah. and haven't you know haven't written read anything or watched anything. But if you could explain it in in a scenario like that, I feel like people would would grok onto it way way more. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think so. Plus, it's a murder mystery party, right? So yeah. it's social as in nature. Yeah, I think it would highlight all of the key aspects of D and D very well. Right. The the role playing, yep. the the feeling like you're you know you're you're you're, you're being someone else, you're yep. being social, you're working on something together. Yep. Yeah, it gets all that across. Murder. The drinking. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. the most important things. Uh, so, Lisa, how can people find out about uh, what you're doing for the Gilded Debt program? Where, where can people go? Uh, I, or, or talk a little bit about when when that stuff is coming out. It's 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 September eighth, right? Yeah. Um, so, Guild Adept projects are hitting the DMs Guild uh, September eighth. Uh, and my projects will be the Hisari adventure, um, and I'm also contributing to the like kind of package of mini uh, adventures and encounters uh, that we're all releasing together. Um, a lot of like I've been following everyone else's projects and just kind of like eavesdropping on their group notes, and they all sound like, really, really cool. Um, so excited! Hope more folks come on to chat about what they're doing. Nice, yeah. yeah. They totally will. Not maybe not before September eighth, but as the as the fall goes on, we want definitely want to highlight what you guys have been working on. Um, and I love that idea. I love that idea of getting like, okay, you're gonna have their book adventure that you can get from yep. your local game store and play your 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 Dungeons and Dragons uh, Adventures League stuff there. And then if you're like, oh, I want a little bit more, I want a little bit more of a taste. Yeah. DM Master's Guild uh, uh, and people like you, Lisa, have the stuff ready to go right at the bat uh, that you can use to spice up your game and make it a little bit different. It's cool. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Very cool. Uh, how can other people find out about you personally? Uh, are you are you on the socials? Uh, what's your website? Uh, my website is lisachen.com. That's Lisa with a Y, L-Y-S-A-C-H-E-N.com. Um, I'm on Twitter as MercyfulDM, M-E-R-C-Y-F-U-L-D-M. 
Um, and uh, in addition to the Gilded Up stuff I have coming out, I'm also writing one of the season seven adventures, oh, cool. uh, which I believe Whoa. is premiering in November. Uh, really, really excited for that. Um, and I also have um, one of the Roll Initiative's con-created content sagas. Um, I'm writing one of the adventures for that, which I believe also comes out this fall slash winter. Um, so some people in chat were saying, I can't find Lisa in the DMs Guild. There's going to be a whole heck of a lot of Lisa um, Very coming soon. really soon. Yeah. Nice. Oh, I like Murder, She Rolled. That was good. Oh, Murder, She Rolled. Good one. That's Caffeine, it. Elemental. I love it. We're going to do <laughs> that. your handle, too. We're stealing it. Yeah. Um, that's awesome, Lisa. Thank you so much uh, for calling in and chatting with us. We yes. definitely want to pick your brain some more. We didn't uh, even get to talk about your floral design. No, we didn't. Oh, and yeah. And your craftiness. I, yeah, day job. I designed flowers. <laughs> They're beautiful. Love them. I have real life druid. Thank you. You genetically designed flowers? <laughs> In a lab? In a lab? <laughs> that scientist, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poison ivy. Here she is. Uh, awesome. Well, very cool. Uh, look for all of that the Hasari adventure on September 8th in the DMs Guild. Uh, but until then, uh, look up everything that Lisa's doing. Yep. I like it. Thanks all for right. having me, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I'll be in touch about Murder, She Rolled. Uh, yes, <laughs> all right. it. TM that right now. Yeah, it's <laughs> trademarked. <laughs> Sorry, Caffeine Elemental. We're stealing it. <laughs> all right. Take it easy, Lisa. Bye. Oh my god. She's awesome. I want to go dungeon master like right now. Like that's what that's I what know, she does. She inspired me. Can't get over the people who just start this learn 2 years ago first Jump time right playing, in. and now they're right. writing adventures. That's awesome. She's writing adventures. She's writing adventures. Like a lot. Yeah, like five different projects that's she's awesome. got going on. Plus she's that's running awesome. events. Putting all of our work to shame. I see big things for that girl. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be nuts. As we were so. talking, I kept thinking like, oh, she would be really good for something. She'd be really good to something else. That's right. I just keep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because like Dungeons Dungeon and Dragons like uses all of the weird skills uh, uh, that people have. You know, it, it like touches all of them. It's not like a sculptor where like I'm only doing one thing or like, right. you know, uh, 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 a writer even only writing. Like Dungeons and Dragons, you have to do everything. You have to do yes. event planning. You have to. Do floral design. <laughs> <laughs> well, that you know helps. I mean? Like that the helps. social aspect Planning, of yeah. it. it, it Good it's, party, party planning. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And and she's a, she's a prime example of it. And there yeah. are so many people uh, uh, who are just now getting into it, too. Like, I love that she's an example of that, right? Of, like, just picking up the game, always wanting to be involved in it. Two years ago, I was like, screw it, I'm doing it. And and now all of a sudden, making a life of it. Yeah, I like it. You I should, like it. You should be doing more. With your life. You're not doing it. You're enough. trying to get me to quit my yeah. job? I think you should quit your job. <laughs> quit my day job? Quit your day job and just Play go in all in. All in, hmm. Shelly. I think you can do it. I don't know. I want you to Dungeon Master. Can I be in your game? Yeah. All right. It'll just be you. Yeah, just me? Yeah. All right. We'll do it here. Yeah, right studio. now. Well. <laughs> Best dungeon master ever. Done. Um, I think that's it. Yep. Follow uh, at wizards underscore dnd for anything on the twitters there. Like us on Facebook. Uh, you can also find out anything about Dungeons and Dragons at dungeonsanddragons.com. A website. A website. Oh. I know, right? And of course. 
Download Dragon Plus right now. Yeah, hurry. Get it on your before phone. Before that issue, the board game issue. Exactly. That's coming uh, just in a week, I believe. Next week is the next issue, but there's lots of fun stuff in uh, the previous issue and all the issues that we put out for the last two years. There's a lot of previews and sneak peeks of Betrayal of A lot of maps, a lot of adventures that you can download in there. It's it's, it, it's chock it. full of Dun- Dungeons & Dragons goodness. If you don't have it, I suggest you at least try it out and download it and see what's in there, too. Yep, it's free. All righty. Uh, and don't forget, Dragon Plus, uh, the show is happening. Starring Bart Carroll. I just <laughs> scared Happen. myself because this thing hit my lip. And I was like, what's on my it's lip? It's a mimic. It's a <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> Literally, I thought it was like a bug <laughs> on my face. <laughs> the drugs. I, didn't even, I forget what I was pitching even when I was. Bart Carroll so, Show. Oh, Bart Carroll Show. Yes, Tuesdays, 4 p.m. Uh, uh, he's taking over the Dice Camera Action time slot for now until it's back. Uh, and he'll be running with uh, Adam Lee talking about Grung Lung, Grung Lung. tomorrow uh, or Tuesdays. All right. You guys are the best. Bye. We're out of here. Peace out. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.